Welcome back to Redressing Weddings. I'm your host for this episode, Kenya Gutteridge. In the last few episodes, we've covered a whole range of dynamics at play when it comes to choosing what to wear on your wedding day. What's emerged really forcefully all around, though, is the enormous amount of intention and care that goes into these choices, and the way the wedding gets taken seriously as an occasion that gives you the chance to very purposefully perform yourself and your relationship through the clothes you wear. In this episode, we wanted to examine the idea of the wedding as a performance in a little more depth, taking a look at the ways queer and trans folks have navigated, and in these cases, wholeheartedly embraced, the theatrical dimension of the wedding. Many of the people we spoke to were highly attuned to the chance they had to present themselves in a very intentional way, making a show of who they were, as a person and as a couple. Here's Lee talking a bit about this. It needs to be kind of a reflection of who we are. It's that one time in our lives that we can we can do that and we can put on a bit of a, <laughs> I don't want to use the word spectacle, but um, just put on a show of, of who we are and, you know, why we go so well together. Lee brings up the idea of the wedding as a spectacle here, which was something we heard echoed a lot. Here's Megan talking about her approach to her wedding outfit. To me, a a wedding in many ways feels like a little bit of a production. And I like that. I was a theater kid growing up. I'm here for the drama, like the good kind of drama. And so the, the outfit, the costume is part of that to me. And it was very important to me that I find something that, of course, I felt beautiful in and that I felt comfortable in, but also something that like fit the whole set, the whole stage, like what, what I was going for, you know, what we're going for with the wedding. Another one of our marriers, Kirsten, had similar sentiments about the need to rise to the drama of the occasion, the set, or the stage, through their outfit. I really wanted to look like myself, but an elevated version of myself. And so I ended up wearing essentially a suit. I was in these like fun patterned pants, a nice button down, a a velvet vest and then a velvet blazer kind of being a little dramatic with like those those textures are like just a little extra, you know, and then my wife was in this like incredible silver dress that was like super flowy. Yeah, thinking back on it, definitely a little dramatic and definitely like went with our uh, our surroundings for sure to just super focus on our our relationship, our like dedication and commitment to each other and like make that like a big, just absolutely ridiculous focal point. Um, yeah, I, I, it's, it kind of goes hand in hand. It sounds like Kirsten recognized very consciously that this was an occasion to present themselves in a way that went beyond their ordinary self. Seeing this as a chance for them to reach for an elevated version of themselves they wouldn't present in their regular day to day. This was echoed strongly by Lee, who described her everyday sense of self as follows. If you saw me at work, you'd be like, this person is not really that, 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 like, bringing a lot of attention to herself. And I don't. Um, You know, my personality type, I'd consider myself mostly an introvert, while kind of, like, small parts being an extrovert. And so a lot of the time I really... Um, I'm trying to be very professional in my work and trying to be not noticed in a bad way. I, I mean, it actually 
comes from a place of of being worried all the time that I'm not making the right impression and I'm not doing kind of the right things like but when I'm at home and when I'm comfortable or I'm with my friends and and especially as I've gotten older I have just let myself be a bit more of of the persona that I want to be and and just or not even want to be it's it's I let myself be more free with what I'm saying and and just like wear more hilarious things when we go out for for dinner if we go to a drag show at like the local club or I'm doing things like that I sort of feel like I have to be with the right people or with the right in a safer setting to be able to do that maybe there'll be like one piece in my wardrobe that I save for like these very special occasions where I know like we're in a place where like if it's pride or if it's like a big event or or some type of show or Halloween the best time of the year as Lee puts it The wedding marks one such occasion, the most appropriate occasion, perhaps, for her to present the more ostentatious, flamboyant femininity she identifies with, but which she does not present to just anyone, or on just any day. This side of me that is, that is, you know, my personality and my queerness, I celebrate it um, privately all the time, and the wedding is a really great place to sort of show that a bit more so how do I also bring together this this more flamboyant and this more playful and like almost a drag style or personality of who I am but that who I am at home here Leah is specifically hitting on the wedding as a chance to engage with the theatrical and performative aspects of femininity and gender more broadly as her allusion to drag suggests The wedding has a chance to engage with or present a certain gendered aspect of yourself that is perhaps not on display in your day-to-day, was something many of our marriers echoed. Here's Shelby, a non-binary person, describing her struggles over her wedding outfit. I, from the beginning, have wanted to wear like a really, really pretty dress because even though I have gender um, issues as well sometimes, they're on and off. I've always really liked, you know, the, the look of the wedding dress. It's so like, you know, it's like, like Andy was talking about wearing a suit or a tux and stuff. Like I've also always wanted to wear a tuxedo and there's not a lot of opportunities to do that, but there's like one opportunity to wear a wedding dress. I just thought it would be like, you know, a good opportunity to wear something this, you know, beautiful. Shelby saw the wedding dress as a garment, as a kind of spectacle in and of itself an artwork she was delighted to contribute to. I want to make the statement, you know, if I'm going to have the opportunity, I want to control that. As an artist myself, it's really exciting to me to be able to design it to that extent where I actually get to a degree of control over the exact type of lace that's on it, the exact amount of sparkle, the exact silhouette, and even stuff like the train length, which I can juggle with, like, uh, practically in terms of not tripping <laughs> and the, but also like the the grandioseness like the peacock feel of the have the huge you know tail or whatever I can still do a degree of that but I get to decide how much I even get to pick the color of blue which is really nice you know because I was like tracking out um like five different blue fabrics that are just slightly different and overlaying them and picking out oh this one's a little too green you know I want it to be this exact feeling that I, you know, like, no, it needs to be very much the, the, the me blue. 
Thinking about the wedding dress as its own special masterpiece seemed like it helped Shelby keep it at a distance from her gendered sense of self, as she very carefully chose how to engage with the design of it. Having the halter, the very flat, uh, you know, front, that sort of like extra degree of solid, like flatness or whatever, you know, I feel like in a weird way, I would feel like girlier in a different neckline that doesn't adhere to my uh, quote unquote, like, you know, feminine body type or whatever. Yeah, there's still ways to kind of tie it together to my uh, complicated relationship with gender. So I don't just feel like I put on a dress, I look like the girl. So it worked out, but because I, especially because I got to do the design part myself to a degree, I could kind of tweak it in ways where I would feel more like that. So, more than a feminine piece of clothing or signifier of her gender, Shelby imagined her gown as an artwork in and of itself, taking her beyond these concerns. Far from superficial, figuring her outfit in this way instead added depth to what her gown could and did mean. So as our many marriers seem to suggest. The wedding outfit can be a chance to step up or even outside of your day-to-day sense of self, within and beyond gender. It is an opportunity to meet an extraordinary version of yourself through your clothes and present that extraordinary self to the world. To leave off, we'll let Kirsten summarize the way they imagined their wedding outfit and why embracing this theatricality might be especially meaningful for queer people getting married. I chose to go with the that outfit to look like an elevated version of my myself and like essentially put myself in like a like a superhero suit, like a power suit basically of like you know, this is like your your armor that's going to make you like the strongest version of yourself especially on on your wedding day is like such an incredibly vulnerable day that you like really want to be like super secure in how you're presenting i mean also just that that super expands on uh you know being queer and and wanting to be super secure in how you present all of that definitely goes hand in hand i love this the degree of control and care people get to exercise around the way they present themselves on the wedding day might be especially meaningful to queer folks They are perhaps particularly used to doing this, generally. But for them, the stakes of the wedding also might register all the more forcefully as a chance to bring the strongest, most empowered version of themselves to the table. Thank you so much for joining us in this examination of the wedding as a spectacle, and the ways clothing figures into this, sometimes quite purposefully, for queer marriers. Next episode, we'll be looking at this topic in more depth, taking a look at a couple of weddings that embrace the spectacular dimensions of the wedding in especially purposeful, overt ways. Redressing Weddings is produced by Ilya Parkins and Kenya Gutteridge. Editing is by Kenya Gutteridge. The podcast is supported by funding from the Social Sciences and Humanities Research Council of Canada. Our deep thanks go to all participants for sharing their stories.